24th April 2022. Today, we are going live on the Josh Tan Show. Two case studies for today. The first one actually comes from the Simple Sum. So Simple Sum actually has very nice stories. You can check them out. I'll try to leave links below for you to follow on on it. They have very nice infographics. And when I looked at the story, it resonated with me. And I think I have something to share with you because nowadays, everybody's looking for side hustles. They're looking for extra income because many forms of work are turning project-based. That's why I think there are learning lessons that we can all discuss a bit. And if you have any comments, as usual, leave them in the comment sections below. Hi. Okay, first comment coming in. Yes, I appreciate each and every one of you guys. Now, today, this story is about a lady who actually turned her knitting side hustle, turned her, her hobby of knitting into a side hustle, and it became a nightmare. The story goes like this. She loves knitting. She can make very nice penguin sweaters, very nice octopus sweaters. And knitting was a way that she distressed for herself. You know, each and every one of us, we have our own hobbies. Maybe you like watching videos, but for her, she's very good at knitting. So when she focuses, I guess, it really removes away her day-to-day -day work pressure. And very soon, she is able to knit many products out that she gives to her families and friends. So because you can't keep knitting and have a pile of 50 sweaters at home, right? And what did she realize? Very soon, there were people asking her, hey, your sweaters are very nice. Can I buy them from you or not? Aha, uh -huh. and that's where she watch around finance channels and realize, hey, side hustles are very important. Can I make more money than just my nine to five job? That's where she tried to turn her passion into a side hustle, whereby she tried to sell sweaters, correct? She actually did an online shop up and very soon she actually collected orders. And that's where the nightmare starts to take place because when you're doing gifts, there's no pressure. When you give your friend something for free, of course, hey, thanks, thanks. Lovely. There'll ne never be negative things, even though they may or may not like it. But when someone pays you money, that's where there's expectation. And when someone pays you and have certain demands, that where, that's where pressure actually comes in. That's what this lady started to realize. Setting up an online shop is hard, but she managed to do it. But the one that got her really into, you know, a lot of stress is that all the imperfections of her gifts started to matter. You know, when you sew, there's definitely some parts where it's not so nice. I don't know. And there were complaints that were starting coming because again, when people are paying money, they have top expectations. Maybe it's complaint, maybe it's just a feedback, a negative feedback. But when you are selling things, when you're online, definitely you will see uh, nasty people, nasty comments. That is just the way things are. Now, if you're thinking of e-commerce and sales, be really ready for unreasonable people. Because, you know, people, when they spend money, they always have expectations. And what happens is people tend to focus on negatives more than positives. You can have five people compliment your sweater is nice, but one person just say, actually, it's not very nice. It spoils your day. And that's what the lady started to realize. A passion is fun, but a business, that's where you need to have certain greed to things. Uh, but to start things with, of course, don't be an unreasonable person yourself. So when you go to the pasta shop, don't complain the pasta salty and try to return it. Uh, be nice because what comes around goes around. And I always believe in karma. The next part is that she shared that she had deadlines to meet. You know, when you are working 9 to 5, your boss gives you a deadline. But when you're doing your hobby, no pressure. You see on sofa, you do it. But when you take orders, people want it by their birthday. People want it by Christmas. Huh, that's where she realized you can't work at her own leisure pace. And maybe that contributed to, you know, the poor output. Maybe she was taking too many orders and she started to rush her sweaters. And that's, that's a problem. And that's where I want to highlight the issue of procrastination. 
my advice to her is that each and every side hustle there's always procrastination i, I guess my video editors are also facing the same thing and you know how i know because i give a deadline for today and the video is still not in usually it comes in at 10 p.m and i know that they've been having fun the whole day and the end product only comes at, oh shit eight o'clock i hurry do up the edit for josh so everybody procrastinates but this is where the secret comes in how i handle procrastination is i listen to a lot of positive information to reinforce good habits that's my secret i listen to mind valley that's one youtube channel i follow positive reinforcements help you help you look at big picture because again when you do side hustles you are looking for money only but very soon it's not very fun you need to think big picture especially if you are young now you have time you want to make some extra money uh, if you don't think of big picture you're trying to grind for money it's not very fun at the end of the day what could be big pictures she could be thinking uh, like for myself i'm thinking of being singapore's best financial advisor that is a big goal and each and every work or project i take on needs to fit that big goal correct big goal whether you get it or not doesn't matter but you must fit towards that journey so she could be thinking of building a real brand up so each and every step don't just look at the money look at the big picture get it then you build the habit okay listen to something positive i set aside two hours every morning to do ah then that's where you build positive habits towards that big goal and then if you can get certain direction there you feel that rush the adrenaline rush because you are getting better at it even for myself i just had a lunch party i actually said this at 4 p.m today do you realize because i also ran out of time i realized i i don't want to cancel the show i still wanted to keep this josh chan show going so rather than delaying it procrastinating it i took that planning i give myself extra hour to prepare this whole presentation for you so as always smash on the like button in the end of the day the story goes that she decided to close the online shop because it's worn her out she realized that extra money for the stress not worth it so before you go on your own side hustle since you stayed here let me give you some nuggets of wisdom my first advice is this when you do a side hustle especially a product i have a friend who makes clay so i wish i had given him that advice also because he make clay toys i don't know what you're good at but if you're if you're good with your craft you're looking to make side hustle income remember this in business it is a game of margin not a game of volume so don't go making 10 sweaters and try to squeeze seven dollars profit out of it don't go doing that make one sweater and make 70 dollars. remember that in the game of business it's a game of margin not volume especially if you're a one-man show side hustle going volume is a sure way to crash because if you go with margin you are able to ensure quality so if for any product in nowadays in, in in the world we see a lot of reviews people like you you also want reviews on the product in order for people to give you good reviews you need to deliver above expectation or at least meet that so be very mindful don't go for volume if there was advice i could have given to her maybe it's that keep raising prices but take very small orders make sense so the second advice that i'd like to suggest is learn how to drive over demand of your product if you're looking to sell something i don't know why you're good at again learn how to drive over demand and what is over demand that stems from the fact you need to you need to know how many you can deliver in end product first so for example herself if she's able to need only two sweaters a week uh, a week don't go accepting three sweaters because that would cause burnout and that would that would make her rush products again it feeds back to the same problem so understand what is your max capacity 
and then learn to drive more demand than your max capacity. If three people want you to, to need and you can only do two, you ask for a higher price. Whichever that can meet the higher price too, you accept it. Make sense? So these are actually little, little secrets in small businesses. Once you understand it, you realize you can make money and then don't, don't kill yourself doing it. And when it comes to over demand, you also need to understand there are certain seasons. For example, if you are making gifts, Christmas, Valentine, these are seasons where you can drive over demand. And when you drive over demand, you can you can set aside more time to, to increase your max capacity and charge even higher. In the game of business, you need to really learn to make profits. Making profits is not wrong. Making profits helps you sustain. And if you close shop, all your fans suffer. That's, that's one thing that uh, we need to all understand. Making profits is no problem. Learn how to take care of it. Learn how to drive demand. The third is learn how to count your per hour rate, if especially you're doing side hustles. Many people, they look at you know articles that someone is writing grab food and making $8,000 but the price to pay is 100 hours of cycling. That is clearly not sustainable. And in any case, that per hour rate is terrible. So learn how to count your numbers, especially if you're looking to do side hustles. So for example, for her, she's good at a craft. And at her current pay scale, she needs to realize at least $15 an hour, then she wants to start to sew. And each sweater, she needs three hours. Which means after product, the end price that she needs to sell must be at least $49.90 rather than selling at $29.90. If she isn't well-versed with business, she'll be thinking, hey, my cotton ball only cost me $5. I sell $29.90. I feel a bit shy already. Maybe people don't want to pay so much for an unknown brand. Not true. Because again, you don't know the, the pockets of other people. You don't know pockets of market. And if your circle of friends are this level of affluence, you actually don't understand what people can pay for for someone in a different affluence circle, they might appreciate a product more to pay you $49.90 or $59.90. Learn how to count your per hour rate because if you neglect that, you realize you're working for nothing. You soon realize it's not worth your money, not worth your, the, the money earned is not worth your time. So these are valuable points that hopefully resonates with you. And as always, if you have comments or story to share with our, our community over here, leave them in the comment sections. I'll pull it up for everybody to discuss a bit further. With that, I'll move on to the second question that I actually picked up. As always, look for the links below if you have a financial question especially. And the question goes like this. Should I leave my job now or should I leave after officially getting my degree? Quite a bit of background, 27-year-old male working full-time in finance industry. He shared further that he's making 30000 a year, probably still at entry-level position. And he has some investments of about $65,000, hoping to reach 100000 by next year question on job, is a question on career building, is a question of building your own finances. You know, I like teaching my son how to play chess. He's seven years old. Because in chess, it's very important, a skill that is within it. That is not to eat everything that is possible out there, you know. When he first played, oh, can eat the, can eat the uh, knight, I'll just go and eat with no consequence. It doesn't work like that. In chess, you need to learn how to think two steps or three steps ahead. Or if your grandmaster, 10 steps ahead. Thinking a few steps ahead is very important. Why do I mention that? We need to think a bit carefully. When you want to study for a part-time course, what is the big picture you're looking at? If you're studying a course just for general knowledge, uh, not a good idea. You're wasting your time. You must well do side hustles. Or you must well build your skill set in a different manner. If you study a course just to stay in the same place, again, it defeats the purpose. Unless your course is sponsored by an employer. If not, you study a course to stay in the same place, 
you are shooting yourself in the foot. I'm giving hints on what makes sense because I don't really know uh, objectively what are the constraints or what are the, the qualifications of the person. Then what we need to also think about is you need to understand what is your best skill because when it comes to negotiating with your recruiter or the HR, you need to present skill sets. Focus on that more. Increasingly, knowing your skill set allows you to sell yourself better. I can help the company do this. That is where you plan in your overall skill set. You go for this course, it adds to your skill set. You, you work at this company for two years, is to build this skill set so that your next jump, you can bundle these together to present a much better value proposition to your new employer. So that is what I'll be thinking of. Don't go blindly, especially if you are in a diploma situation. You're thinking, hey, I need a degree to get a pay raise. Don't just think of that. Think of two steps ahead. Think of skill set more than qualification. This guy has also shared with us that he's in the finance industry. And indeed, finance industry is one of the better paying industries versus going to SMEs where career progression is difficult. In finance industry, even in the entry level, I think it's still better than many places. What about for big tech? You know, I'm picking a lot of clients from big tech. I can share that while it's not easy to get in, once you're inside, you are well remunerated. So that's the current uh, trend in the market that I can see quite clearly. And he's also shared with us that he's planning to reach 100,000 next year in terms of net worth. Currently at 65, hoping to reach 100,000. That's good. My key input, especially if you're listening to here, is that what, what is the plan after next year? Because now 65,000, he seems confident of getting 100,000. What is the big plan after that? When we think about goals, we need to think bigger goals. If you are able to achieve it uh, very soon, you should start to think bigger picture, where to get to. Maybe it's buying a house at 35. Maybe it's starting a business. What is the long-term big picture goal? Practice seeing further. That's, that's a key skill. You know, when I built my website a couple of years back, I thought of doing my advisory business online. And that's where I built in a website. And I realized things are moving visual. I built in YouTube. So you see, I'm also building skill sets. I'm also thinking five years, how to become Singapore's best advisor. I need a talk show to discuss topics and you know, really raise more awareness. That's where I can, I can feel that I'm moving in the direction. So same thing, practicing far. Once you are able to do it, you are able to get growth and growth makes you happy. So this, uh, this is a key message I'd like to share. And as always, if you are having questions on your own finances, leave them in the comment section below. And I also leave a link on how you can send me a soundbite. Leave that question there and I'll pick it up and share with everybody. And as always, if you are watching this on a recorded stream, leave your questions below so I'll pick it up from there. Thank you for watching you here. I'll see you next week. Take care and goodbye.